Today we'll hear about a legal aid client from a country area in New South Wales. He worked in manual labour jobs all of his life. In 2006, he was diagnosed with a medical condition and by 2012, his condition became so serious it made it impossible for him to continue to work. Fast forward to 2018, this client was now homeless. He had a lot of debts that he couldn't pay. He went to a homeless outreach clinic that Legal Aid was running. At that clinic, he found out that he might be able to apply for a TPD, or Total Permanent Disability Claim, under his insurance that he had with his superannuation fund. And the legal aid lawyers assisted him to make the claim, and he ended up being approved for $140,000, which saved him from being homeless. He was able to pay off his debts. and welcome to Law for Community Workers On The Go. This is a series of podcasts brought to you by Legal Aid New South Wales. In each episode, one of us from the Community Legal Education Branch will be chatting to experts on different legal topics. We're really excited to have you all listening today and we hope that you'll learn something new and interesting. Hi, and welcome to our podcast on Law for Community Workers On The Go. My name is Natalie. I'm with the Community Legal Education Team here at Legal Aid New South Wales. Before I introduce my guest, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording on today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. So April, welcome. You're a civil lawyer at Legal Aid New South Wales and the lawyer in the story I briefly told in the introduction. So what does it mean to be a civil lawyer at Legal Aid? And tell us a bit about the work you do and why you love it. Morning, Natalie. Um, I guess being a civil lawyer at Legal Aid um, involves helping everyday people with everyday legal problems that aren't of a criminal or family law nature. Sometimes these are difficult to spot um, because they don't seem immediately obvious. So the general things that we help people with are consumer matters, immigration, um, housing, uh, debts, uh, social security disputes, for example, where you can't get on the disability support pension. And I guess the work that I'm particularly interested in is um, trying to help particularly vulnerable people that we see who are in severe financial hardship um, or who are injured or unwell, access um, insurance benefits through their superannuation. Great. And that's the main thing we'll be talking about today. So our podcast on Law for Community Workers on the Go, we talk often about what's new in the law. So this area of TPD or Total Permanent Disability Insurance isn't a new area, but it is an area that a lot of people perhaps don't know a lot about. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah, and I guess that's what's sort of exciting in a way about it is um, it has the opportunity, I guess, of making a real difference to people's lives. So... Why do you think this topic is important for community workers to know about? Um, I think it's really important for community workers to know about because 
clients uh, contacting community workers um, or engage with community workers when they're at their most vulnerable. So I guess clients that become immediately apparent to me that might be able to, um, I guess, access insurance coverage through their super are people who are in severe financial hardship or people who are on the disability support pension or on a new start payment um, but aren't actually able to work and are trying to get on the DSP. Um, I guess it's just something that community workers should be aware of because the benefits of insurance claims through superannuation, as I said before, can be significant in their value and um, might actually get people out of financial hardship. So the story I started off with, so that was a client of yours who didn't realise he was able to claim this insurance policy, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't able to work for a very long time and basically he had no no money, no income, is that correct? Do you want to tell a bit, maybe explain a bit more about that story? Yeah, so look, he's, he's um, you know, I guess not an unusual client yeah. that we would see at Legal Aid and... Um, there is a huge lack of knowledge um, between vulnerable people and educated people about insurance in super. I guess to explain a little bit about it, um, you know, for, for anybody that has worked for an employer after 1993 when compulsory superannuation came into effect, um, an employer has contributed, you know, um, generally 9.5% of that person's salary towards super. And um, and that's for any jobs. So someone who's had a casual job when yeah. they were young, or yeah, part time, full time, anything, anything yeah. like a, a, a part of from if you're a self employed contractor. But yeah, most people yeah. that we see have been employed at some yeah. time. So you know, like I mean, employers generally have a fund of choice, or certain industries have a fund that they use. So, for example, the health industry. Um, generally uses HESTA, retail industry uses REST, you know, that kind of thing. And when these superannuation funds are opened, uh, uh, almost all, or, or I'd say most, industry super funds in particular have automatic insurance cover that um, that is taken out on behalf of the member. And, um, you know, the, the member's not necessarily told about it. Um, they you know, in most cases have to opt out of that insurance cover. And so it's something that most people have, you know, I would say, and there's three types of insurance cover that they generally have through their super. So total and permanent disability, which you spoke about earlier this morning, is one of them. Um, income protection is another insurance cover. And then there's also death benefits. So that'll be clear on someone's insurance of superannuation policy if they have access to that? Yeah, like generally it's, um, you'll see it on somebody's member statement. Yeah. But, you know, whether people actually get their member statements yeah. and read and digest them, you know, and understand that there's actually insurance premiums coming mm. out um, mm. of their superannuation contributions, you know, most people, most clients that we see in particular don't ever do that. So they might not even know they have a super fund. Well, they might not know which super fund they yeah. have. And um, in my experience, um, they de- most people, you know, mm-hmm. don't know that they have insurance cover yeah. and what insurance cover they have through their super. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's one of the main messages we're trying to get out today is that this TPD and other covers do exist and yeah. people might be able to make claims. Yeah, I guess the message is, look, you know, in circumstances where people have been paying insurance premiums, mm. um, they've been paying for that cover through their super. They didn't know that they were paying for that cover. Um, they should get the benefits of that cover if they, you know, if they are entitled to it. So if yeah. they can't work anymore and they're considered totally and permanently disabled, they should be able to access that cover. Um, That's what it's there for. Yeah. So coming back to your client, so he had an illness? Yeah, he um, was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he had, um, you know, as you said, he'd worked in manual labour jobs Mm -hmm. all of his life, Um, and as a result of his rheumatoid arthritis, you know, he wasn't able to continue working and doing those manual labour jobs. So he didn't know where he had super when he came to us. Um, he And he didn't come to you about this issue either, did he? No. So nobody really, like, I mean, it's very rare that a client will come to us about this issue. Um, you know, sometimes clients come and see us because they're ill or unwell and they want to make an application for an early release of their super. Um, but it's very, very rare that a client will come and see us and say, oh, I've got total and permanent yeah. disability insurance. Can you help me claim it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to the client we were discussing, yeah, he came to us because he had a number of debts. You know, he didn't have any housing. Um, he was really unwell. Um, he couldn't get on the DSP, disability support pension, the disability yeah. support pension, and um, you know, and he was living in his car at the time. Mm-hmm. So he came and actually saw our homeless outreach solicitor, um, who I worked with um, because he didn't have experience doing these types mm-hmm. of matters, and we um, we obtained the client's tax file number. And we wrote to the Australian Tax Office who provide us with information about people's super funds. And so we then contacted the fund and investigated if he had cover. And he did. And then we helped him claim it. And it was a long process in the sense that it took, you know, three years for us to claim it, um, which is unusual. But... It didn't take very much of our time or his time to actually submit the claim forms Mm. to do it. The major delay in that matter was he was homeless and so Mm. he didn't have a phone and he might disappear for six months and then come back and, yeah, had a great result overall. Yeah, which is life-changing. Yeah, it's life-changing, especially in a a regional area. $140,000 goes a really long way. Mm. And I guess the other thing to comment on you know in receiving that payment he's now on the disability support pension you know in most cases it's it's not going to actually affect his um, Centrelink benefit it will go towards his assets test not his income test so you know he's been on a priority housing list I think for two or three years he's not got any stable accommodation Um, now you know he's going to actually be able to purchase a unit yeah. with that money. Yeah. And you mentioned he had rheumatoid arthritis. So the TPD claim doesn't rely on the injury or illness happen- happening at work, does it? No. So you don't have to have the um, – it's not like a workers' compensation claim. You don't have to be injured at work to be able to claim a total and permanent – a TPD, an IP, 
yeah, or an IP benefit. IP is the income protection. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So income protection is a little bit less common um, than TPD, but you know, still can be very useful. Yeah. So what do you need to show in order to to get the payment under your TPD? So what does the total permanent disability maybe break down those words so traditionally it was pretty standard across the board in order to claim a total and permanent disability benefit through um, the insurance in your super you basically needed to be unable to work anymore and unable to return to gainful employment based on your training education and experience so you know for example if you um, had been working in a manual labor job your whole life and um, you had a serious physical injury which prevented you from being able to work in a manual labour job anymore Um, and you had no experience doing anything else. So you didn't know how to use a computer or work in retail or do anything like that and you might be, say, in your late 40s. You know, they would be a a candidate that you would certainly look at for a TPD claim. Um, Yeah. Recently... You know, there's, I guess, um, there's no standard definition really anymore across all of the different super funds as to what the meaning of TPD is. Um, there's been a move away from that, and now um, different super funds have different tests. But generally, you need medical evidence. Yeah, so it's actually, um, so I guess going back a step, mm. a total and permanent disability payment is in addition to a client's account balance. And so say, for example, your employers make contributions of $5,000 to your account, you're not claiming that under a TPD benefit. What you're claiming is an insured benefit, which is a lump sum amount of money in addition to your account balance. Um, So that's what a TPD benefit is. And income protection benefit's a bit different in the sense that it's a weekly payment and it's a weekly payment of either two years is standard or until retirement age um, and that's in circumstances where you you know you can't work anymore we can't work for a period of time um, because you're ill or injured and so you get paid a weekly benefit not a lump sum amount of money and you've had clients who've been able to claim that as well who also just didn't know they had yeah you can like there's nothing preventing you from claiming both yeah um, you know at the same time Mm. Um, because they're two different tests. And sort of on that topic, if somebody has had many different jobs or a few different jobs over their life and they've had different super, been signed up to different super funds in different jobs, um, how does that work with the policies for each? Yeah, yeah so uh, I guess, um, so if you have, I guess the best way to deal with that question is to give an example. Yeah. I have a, an Aboriginal client who worked for various councils um, across Sydney. And in 2012, he had some chronic health issues and he was unable to work anymore. And so he relocated um, to a regional area. Um, he came to see us again in severe financial hardship, homeless, Um, and wanted to try and get on the disability support pension um, but also didn't even know where he had his super Um, and he'd worked for like 30 years. So we were able to, again, contact the ATO and find out um, where he had super. Now, he has 
over five funds. So he's got more than five funds um, that had insurance cover that was active at the time um, that he stopped work, that he became totally and permanently disabled. Mm. And so you can claim on more than one fund um, and the total amount that he's possibly able to claim and we're in the process of dealing Mm. with that now is over $600,000. Like it's a huge amount. That really gets someone out of financial hardship. Yeah, like, I mean, purchase a home outright. Yeah. You know, buy a car. Yeah. um, Go on a holiday, Mm. you know, um, have some money for your retirement. Mm. All of those things. Yeah. Um, You mentioned before about people applying for the disability support pension. So if someone does receive disability support pension, DSP, does that mean they automatically pass the test for TPD? No, it doesn't. But it's a good indicator that you should definitely investigate it. So we say to people, or, you know, I guess it's particularly applicable to community workers, if a client comes and tells you they're on the DSP, mm-hmm. that should be a red flag for you to be thinking about um, investigating insurance through their super um, or referring them to, them to somebody who can. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, um, with people who come to community workers and say they're in financial hardship. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of simple questions that you can ask, like, you know, why aren't you working anymore? And if mm-hmm. they say, oh, I've been really unwell, or I've had an injury, um, you know, it's an immediate red flag, I think, to then investigate this type of matter or refer them to someone who can. And what steps can community workers take? Can they get the tax file number and look into what super funds people have or is that the job that the lawyers need to do? Oh, it's, all, it's a question of capacity, really, yeah. and, um, and interest in, in doing this type of work. Yeah. So um, I guess... Uh, there's nothing preventing, you know, a community mm-hmm. worker from contacting the ATO with a client mm-hmm. um, to try and find out details of the super funds. Or if they don't have time, then mm-hmm. just warmly referring that client to us and mm-hmm. letting us do that. Um, you know, it's, I guess... So do you want to explain what, what a warm referral is? Legal aid lawyers talk a lot about that. What does that mean? Well, a warm <laughs> referral is... Um, giving a lawyer at your local legal aid office a call um, and, you know, so that the client doesn't have to do it themselves. Yeah. So you're not leaving it in the client's hands, yeah. you know, to contact legal aid and make an appointment with us themselves. Yeah. You do that for them because in a lot of cases, these clients have so many legal issues going on mm-hmm. that they won't even register when you talk to them about a potential TPD claim yeah. um, and they may not make the follow-up phone call. And is there anything else that would be useful for community workers to to know about or to be able to to help their people they vulnerable people they work with around these TBD claims? What steps I guess can community workers take, and at what point should they do the, the warm referral yeah. send people to a lawyer? So uh, there are a few things I think that are really important. The first one is um, you know the majority of these claims are paid at the time that, you know, following a client submitting the claim forms. Mm -hmm. The claim forms are really, really important to get right Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't want to be, and and 
I guess, in submitting those claim forms, um, you need to have experience in terms of what you're looking for on those claims forms. So, you know, when you, like, just checking that um, all the information's there, that on the medical statements the clients are going to submit, that the doctor has actually agreed or, you know, given a medical opinion that does support a claim for TPD, not that they've said otherwise. Um, Things like that. So, um, you know, it's obviously always better to get a claim right from the outset um, than to have a client do the claim themselves, get it denied, and at that point they're coming to us from advice. So I always think early referral is best. Yeah. The only other thing I think is really important for community workers and in particular financial counsellors to note is that um, insurance coverage, you know, it's generally only in place with a super fund when a client's account balance is above a certain amount. So if you're assisting a client in making an application for early release of their superannuation account balance, you need to turn your mind to whether the client has an insurance benefit before you do that. Because um, if a client may be, I guess, on the cusp of satisfying that definition of TPD but may not, you may not fully know yet, you don't want to be taking the client's account balance out and then have them lose that insurance coverage mm. as a result. Yeah, that's yeah. an important message. And I guess the, the third message I'd like to send out is, look, if clients have come to you and they've said that they used to work and they're now in the DSP and they haven't worked for some time and they've closed their super accounts, um, you can still make an application for insurance, a TPD Mm -hmm. claim, on an account that's closed, provided that the client became TPD before they closed the account. So even, like, I mean, I have a number of historical matters in my practice where people have stopped working 18 years ago, but they had insurance coverage at the time, and if you can get the medical evidence, there's nothing Mm -hmm. preventing them from claiming on those closed funds. Right. Thank you so much, April. And just to to finish off, I guess, and you've probably said these already, but it doesn't hurt to repeat them. What are the key messages, I guess, today that you want to get out? So as a, a legal aid lawyer talking to community workers, what are the main messages we want to get out there? I guess the main message is to trying to um, improve knowledge in this area because there is a huge lack of knowledge on behalf of I mean, even people that I work with didn't know that they had insurance coverage through their super. And they're, you know, they're educated people. Um, There is a huge lack of knowledge and awareness in this area and I'm trying to get the message out there um, to say that this is something that we should be thinking about and and the benefits available are life-changing with a couple of examples I've said today. And just make sure that you turn your mind to it and please refer clients to legal aid um, so that they can, you know, get some advice about it. Yeah. Thanks so much, April. I definitely learned a lot today and I will be going home and checking uh, my (laughs) policies as well. So thank you so much for your time and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, April. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're enjoying Law for Community Workers on the Go, Make sure to spread the word and if you have any feedback or even topic suggestions, please get in touch with us via email. Our address is cle at legalaid.newsouthwales.gov.au. We'd love to hear from you.
So until next time, thanks again from the CLE branch here at Legal Aid New South Wales. Thank you.